Yeah, Halloween 2018 sucks. Well, that's the thing, though. You know, it's like the first time I watched it, it was like I appreciated it, you know, the first time. It's like one of those times, like, you, you like it the first time, you, you enjoy it. Then you kind of watch it again. You're like, uh, a lot was missing. You it's know what? The, I was the complete bothered. opposite. I, the first time I saw it, I hated it. Second time, I hated it even more. Third time, I wanted to kill myself. It's just, well, <laughs> it's just the one thing that bothered me so much about it was there was too many off-screen kills. Too fucking many. Too many. It's like half the kills were off-screen. Or like, like, just like very, like, especially like that blurred out one in the, like, it was like, what, three off-screen kills in the garage scene? The whole, like, the whole Dr. Like, yeah. Loomis scientist character was freaking okay, that, that I didn't care about at all. Those yeah. journalists, those journalists in the beginning, like, who gave a shit about them? I was so happy to see them die. Um, <laughs> the little black well, kid, I, he was, he was the highlight for me. I thought he was, was the comic, cool. well, because he was the comp, he was the comic relief. So, yeah. And, but uh, like, Yeah. But like the one thing I think that there's higher hope for Halloween kills because we're going to be seeing some old characters from the original movie come back. Uh, Lindsay, Tommy and uh, Sheriff Brackett. So well, let's, let's just hope that Jamie Lee Curtis lays off the drunken. Uh, what do you call it? The drunken character. I can't take that. Well, I think she's going to be primarily focused on surviving in this one. So I don't think she'll be doing much alcohol abuse in it. <laughs> yeah, that was lame. That was not believable at all. No. I love her, but... But regardless, for a comeback to the original franchise, because, like, it was, like, what? 16 years since they had did a movie that was attached to the original franchise. So for to pave a way for a new story, like a new timeline in the franchise, I thought it was at least a good start. I'll give it that. Greatest in the franchise? No. Definitely not. The worst. Like, literally, I, I can't that's my least favorite the halloween. worst out no. of all the halloween the worst yeah worst, kellen th- kellen absolutely <laughs> hates that movie like, i don't he, i like, don't hate it i don't hate it hate it but it's just like I, I i would even rather watch resurrection honestly god well i actually you know what haters will hate but i actually like resurrection i mean exactly. yeah i mean grew it was funny that. We it was fun because it. it was fuck. It was fucking. It had some fucking funny moments. At know? least like, it has the nostalgia factor, and we got you know what's his name, Busta Rhymes beating up Michael. <laughs> and you know they had like that. The one thing I liked about that was you could hear the breathing, just like how you did in the first movie and in the fifth movie. Now with yeah. the with the new one, I liked I liked the opening credits. I liked the I liked. Uh, I was gonna say the mask. I didn't like the mask very much. I thought the mask looked kind of ridiculous. Um, let's see. I don't know. What did I like? <laughs> I did like the intro credits were pretty cool, but the intro yeah. credits. I know that's what I'm saying. The movie starts. I'm like, holy shit, a new Halloween. And then, and then literally, literally when the movie ended, I was sitting in the front row at the Egyptian theater with Mike Epstein. And I looked over to them, him and his friend. And I was like, uh, what'd you think? And he was like, no. <laughs> I think I think my my other problem of with Halloween 2018 was where it picks up from. I would have at least liked to have seen like a flashback to what happened right after. Yeah, let's acknowledge freaking Thorn. Well, not not Thor- not that bullshit concept. I mean, like you know, <laughs> I, I I thought the Thorn concept was cool, but like no, like what I my problem with 28 Halloween 2018 was it just picks up right off in present day. In an asylum, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. And then, oh, there's Michael just standing there. 
And as much as I love comedy, I think there was way too too many comedic aspects in it. I think it kind of took took it out of the took the scariness out of it. I don't know a little bit. Yeah, he's like, I got peanut butter on my dick. I'm yeah, like, I I'd say like some a, a lot of it is just kind of predictable to me. But then again, you know, you get so used to watching a franchise like you like the character like you already know like when the character is going to potentially pop up i just want the next one to have more likable characters better writing more on-screen kills <laughs> and just i want it to be more fun i just want I'm, the next one to be completely different than what the last one was exactly, <laughs> that's yeah. basically exactly. what you're saying exactly <laughs> and well with kyle richards returning as Lindsay, that should be pretty cool and well and even uh What's his name? He's going to be playing Tommy Doyle now, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. We better we better go visit Kyle Richards because I heard you can go to her her store in Beverly Hills to get an autograph. She she is one of three that I need to complete my original Halloween poster signature. You got Kyle, Rich, you got Kyle Richards. Uh, I need I need to Nancy get Kyle. Kyes. I need to get her, Kyle Richards, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis done. Well, remember when we did talk to Sean that one time? He kind of hinted he had something in mind for another jimmy lee curtis appearance so here's the hoping that that it's could possibly probably happen. most likely the next third or what would that be 45 45th, 45th, anniversary. 45th anniversary so probably 2023 i i would almost guarantee she's going to be at that because at that point all three of the films are going to be out halloween halloween kills halloween ends well did, what didn't she originally attend to go to halloween how h40 and then she couldn't make it for some reason that's what he said he had she had some prior engagement but i kind of doubt that because i don't know she's only done the one convention appearance in like what was that 2013 in horror hound indianapolis yeah it was was it 2013 or 2012 2013 i don't remember it i was think like, uh, i think 2013 but i don't know who knows i still don't know why i didn't go to that i'm kind of mad i didn't go it was a uh, indianapolis right yeah but i mean for us that was like what that's like an eight ten hour drive no, not even. I mean, how well, how far was Cincinnati, Ohio from us? Well, it's, it's farther than that. It's definitely like eight to ten hours. Cincinnati's like six from us. From Buffalo. So probably six, seven hours, if anything. But yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Let's here's the hoping that, you know, something big will come out of this franchise. But well, yeah. hopefully, hopefully they get some of them for Texas Frightmare because I don't know if I told Donovan, I'm planning on going to Texas in May or end of April, early May for Texas Frightmare weekend, which our boy CJ Graham, who was on the last episode, who played Jason in Friday the 13th part six. He's going to be there. Um, and they got a lot of big people. Um, Alice Cooper is supposed to be there. Justin Long from Dodgeball and Jeepers Creepers is supposed to be there. I'm amazed that Justin Long is even doing convention appearances now. I've never seen him do that before. I think this is my, maybe the second or third that I've seen him do in like the last year and a half. He's done a yeah. couple. Mm-hmm. Well, because has he? Ha, what movies has he done recently? Because I haven't seen him do much. He's done a couple. Well, he, he did this movie called Comet a few years ago. Um, obviously, Drag Me to Hell, but that's like 11 years ago. Yeah, that's <laughs> way long ago. That's way long ago. <laughs> I remember when Kellen and I saw I that like in the something. theater. Like that was such. Right I love that out. movie. That movie's so campy, but it's. Amazing. I love it. I, love I liked it, it, but you know, it was just like, I, I. The one thing I noticed was even in the trailer, they had clips of the very ending of it. It's like, why would you do that? You well, know? he yeah. did. He did Tusk in 2014. Tusk was. Oh, Tusk was amazing. Tusk was, was a weird one. Great. I haven't. Movie. I haven't seen Tusk. I gotta see that one. I don't know if yeah, I'd call it. One. I don't know if I'd call it great. It was definitely interesting. It was a good time. Very yeah. If you like kind of 
weird shit, weird indie films, then you'll like that movie for sure. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I'd say my favorite Justin Long movie. I mean, it's it's definitely Dodgeball, but after that, Accepted. Oh, my God. That's a fucking classic. Which I saw that. I saw that in theaters when I was 10. That came out in 2006, and that kind of that kind of put Jonah Hill in the spotlight right before Super Bad. It did because I think he did that right after he had a small, very small part in uh, the Forty Year Old Virgin when he was like in the eBay store. Yeah, oh yeah, talk about Justin Long and not bring up Jeepers Creepers. I feel like well, that's... I did. I did bring it up. I said I said when I was saying he was going to be at the convention, I did say Jeepers Creepers. Oh, did you? Okay. But I do I love sure. Jeepers Creepers. Do you know about the story behind Jeepers Creepers, buddy? Oh, my God. Which one? The, the, one <laughs> where, the one where the director is a total child predator pedophile that went to prison before he did that movie? No, I had no idea. You, did, you didn't know about that? Oh yeah, my God. so I had no tell, idea. Fill him in. There's this guy named Victor Salva. He's a total scumbag. Um, he basically molested this kid on his set for this movie called clown house way he didn't molest he didn't molest him he sodomized him sodomized sorry i don't know the words um anyways this movie called clown house like literally the, literally the star of his movie who was probably like 11 at the time like literally just you know you know what he did and basically he filmed the whole thing and he filmed it oh he yeah. filmed he filmed everything and this went on for months i think like the whole shoot and like his his the kid's parents like trusted this guy you know he was the director and then he went to prison for like i think several years maybe five years and then he comes out of prison and literally launches his career somehow and makes jeepers creepers jeepers creepers 2 he did a disney movie called powder i mean the guy had a whole career after all that which is kind of crazy but but then uh but then when jeepers creepers 3 came out then for some reason you know his whole conviction and what he did like came out of it's like why didn't anybody recognize this before is what's so fucked up and so like what and so like when that came about and people started boycotting the movie even kellen had told me there was a bomb threat at the egyptian theater like was it the chinese or the egyptian no it was it was chinese Chinese? I i don't remember a bomb threat i just remember people people went and we knew the person that was putting that screening on it was that crazy guy that used to that was who was gonna live with us remember oh my god him he yeah, did it he was the one who put the event on apparently and uh anyways well, yeah be, so people surprised. basically were like if this guy shows up to this event we're gonna tear the whole place down <laughs> <laughs> and just you know they just kind of just made it impossible to have the event which was kind of a good thing because that guy's an asshole and apparently that movie sucked I didn't see the third one yet, but I heard it's like kind of like a sci-fi movie almost where just not a lot of go, not a lot of good gore, not a lot of good scenes, just kind of lame. I didn't even bother watching it because, you know, the one the thing, even even the thing about that is I don't want to give any kind of contribution to Victor Salva. So, fuck you know, I guy. get that. I still I still will watch the movies and separate it, like at least like the two Jeepers Creepers ones, because I, I watched those way before I even knew about that. And it makes yeah. me kind of wonder because what did Jeepers Creepers come out in like 2001? Yeah, the first Jeepers Creepers yeah. film was like part of my childhood. Like that came yeah. on sci-fi late at night and it was like heavily edited, but I still yeah. loved it. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm wondering. It's like, did that movie come out and when they were filming it, did a lot of people not know when they were on set with this guy? Like I, they probably didn't know, right? I don't think anybody knew. I, well, I've never heard of that and we have the fucking internet. I mean, I yeah, did, yeah. I did hear one thing though is when they he, they did Jeepers Creepers too. They had that one kid on this. I did read. I think it was on the Wikipedia or something that they had to keep Victor Salvo away from the kid. In that, in oh, that the kid show. in the beginning, in the, the oh, kid really? that gets the kid that gets snatched by uh by the yeah. uh, the creeper. Wait, really? Where'd you read yeah. that? I think it was Wikipedia, if I recall. Like they had to like keep him separate. 
from that there, ki- from the kid. There was a lot. There was a lot more like sexual innuendo in the second one than the first. I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you had all the shirtless, so obvious. the shirtless dudes on the school bus. <laughs> it just was so funny, dude. Oh man. Yeah, that, what a shit show that is. <laughs> um, let's see. See, I so I haven't seen the third one. I'm kind of curious to see if there's any like weird shit in that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Anyways, well, so the Bills won the AFC East for the first time since 1995 last night. That's 25 years ago, and they just it. did it. So let's hear it for the Bills. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was amazing. It was such a good game. Josh Allen is killing it this year. Um, I mean, I don't know how we would have done this without him, really. So I know you guys didn't watch the game, so we don't really have to get into it. But uh, Bills are looking good, and they're going to the playoffs, and I'm hoping for the Super Bowl. And if that happens, I'm flying to wherever that's going to be, and I'm going to crash into a table. <laughs> yeah, I'm just ready for people to stop making fun of me for how much the Bills have, you know, lost over the last. You know, but nobody 30, can say anything. Years. Nobody can say anything. <laughs> and actually, today, uh, what do you call it? The Patriots didn't make it to the playoffs for the first time since 2008. So, Are you guys no. getting that audio ticking? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I hear it. I thought somebody was just farting. Beep. Keep, keep. How do we fix that? Oh, it's gone. All right. Is that mine? Uh, Whatever it is, don't must don't be. play with it because it's good now. <laughs> but yeah, looking hopeful for the Bills. Also, yesterday, uh, me me and Donovan watched the Tid the Season telethon online extravaganza from Every Time I Die, Buffalo Zone, yeah. amazing band. Since 1998, they've been crushing it and killing it. And this was kind of a fun event. So let's hear about it, Donovan. What do you have to say about it? Um, so I would say for me, it gets like a B. Yeah, it gets like a solid six out of ten. I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it a. I'm not gonna give it anything higher than a B. I think that um, they showcased some uh, some different artistic capabilities as far as like the stream itself and like being able yeah. to have some little segments in there. But I was uh, honestly, I was hoping that it would like build up to something a little bigger, and it yeah. really didn't seem to go anywhere. To be honest, so. it was a little underwhelming. I feel like they could have even like released the album art or something at the end. Or I mean, I wasn't really looking forward to that or anything. But I don't yeah. know. The set, the set itself was like very short, and it was and it just- was an hour and a half. Yeah, it was an hour and twenty minutes or an hour and a half, and that's including everything. That's including yeah. the skits, the segments. The, the set views. The set must have been like forty minutes to- tops, right? I mean, yeah, the set. Yeah, the set couldn't have been longer than like 35, 40 minutes. And they sure. play. They played all like shit you would expect them to, to play, like no son of mine, floater. Yeah, you know, coin had they to did, say. Yeah, there was nothing out of the ordinary. Aside from a wall, which was the new song that they played, which they haven't released yet, that was definitely yeah. the highlight of the whole thing. Um, the comedy segments were sometimes funny, sometimes kind of lame. Um, but that's what I mean is it's like, it's one of those things where you expect uh, an artist that you like to have to come up with all of these creative ideas for how to make money and like how to continue their touring, even though they don't have the means to do that right now. So yeah. I get it like as a, as a person who understands economics and, you know, supply and demand, like I get why they did this. 
but at the same time i was still hoping that a little something more would come out of it you know that they would that they would really justify it but i didn't feel that they necessarily justified it if that makes sense yeah i mean they released i think they released like three new shirt designs during the whole thing which they're all right um i mean there's like one that i might get i'm not sure but aside from that yeah i don't know it was all right I mean, it was it was definitely worth the admission price. It was it was fun for a little bit. Well, I mean, what what was your favorite part of it? What for you was worth the price of admission, or you know, at least okay, close. Probably AWOL being number one, number two probably being that cover that that like polka band did of. C++. Oh, that was great. Of C plus plus. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. And then I don't know the part where they were like in the basement doing like the Guns and Roses cover or whatever. Yeah, I like that. And he was like, your mom's a and bitch. Just like, yeah. <laughs> that was actually really funny. And, you know, stuff like that. Like, there were funny parts, and then just some parts, it was just like, it was just, I don't know. It wasn't that funny. But I don't know. It's just, they did they did a good job, I guess, for what they had. I just feel like it could have been better. I don't know. I also thought, like, Scott Vogel from Terror was going to be in that because he just moved back to Buffalo. So I really, yeah. I really was thinking he would have been a special guest. I'm guessing they just didn't think of him. Maybe they don't even know he's home. Demo. but i mean it was cool seeing adam lazara from taking back sunday and uh i think they got they had the dude from manchester orchestra i liked the taking back sunday segment i thought that was that was pretty funny like how it cut out and everything i thought that was or yeah. well, no that wasn't taking back sunday that was um uh uh andrew dice clay yeah that was andrew dice clay andrew dice clay was cool See, I, I feel like they called him, and then but then they had they had Rick from Pawn Stars, which they've had him on something before. Where he was that like another Christmas show segment. Rick is yeah, Rick. I I can't remember where I saw it, but Rick was saying how he liked Every Time I Die, and I can't remember if that was on Pawn Stars itself or if that was on one of the Christmas shows or what. Dude, they know so many people. I don't know if I told you this. I think I did, but the last I think it was the last Christmas show I was at, which was 2018. Doug Bradley from hellraiser the guy who plays pinhead yeah was there like literally just he was literally there i told you this yeah i remember you telling me he was literally at in buffalo at riverworks for the xmas christmas show and uh it was during andy's wrestling he was playing like some henchman or something and it was for like a couple minutes like it was nothing (laughs) and I didn't even realize that somebody next to me was like, yo, is that Doug Bradley? And I'm like, yeah, right. I was like, yeah, right. And then I look up and I'm like, you're absolutely right. That is fucking Doug Bradley. Holy shit. Well, he's a, he's a metalhead. So yeah, he loves ghost. I know that. I mean, I just, I didn't know he was an every time I die fan, but clearly they know a lot of people. And then Gilbert Gottfried was part of it, but I still think, (laughs) I still think that they paid for a cameo from him. And then, Oh yeah, that was, no, that was obviously just a cameo. They cut up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, definitely did that. It was funny though. Um, did you see the one that Jordan did of me? I saw the one that you sent. Yeah. The one think, from Jordan, his uh, son's little, uh, you know, his son's little appearance. At the end was pretty funny, you know, yeah, and his, sweet. his riff. I liked his riff. Yeah. I, I told him in the notes, I'm like, either play a, a new ETID riff or an Xmas riff. So maybe that's a new ETID riff he was playing and he was just pretending it wasn't, but I told him, Go ahead. Yeah, I told uh, Kellen about this, uh, and I know uh, since both of you guys are every time I die fans. So when the like uh, when the gyms temporarily reopened in California for a couple of weeks, I was at a twenty four hour fitness, and I saw that this guy had the the eye for the every time I die uh, yeah. emblem on the side of his water bottle, and I'm like, 
is that an every time I die uh, water bottle? And he's, and he's like, yeah, yeah, man. And I'm like, oh, dude, my, my friend, he's a huge fan of them. Uh, we're, all, we're both from Buffalo, where they're from. He's like, oh, no shit. And then he had a tattoo on his arm. Was it Jordan who did the artwork? Jordan does the artwork, yeah. Yeah. He did this guy's uh, ink on his arm. Jordan did oh, it. Oh, nice. And, like, and like, I took a picture of it. And I said, I got to send this to my friend. And Kellen was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. I think, I think, honestly, in the last five-ish years, the band's really blown up more than they ever have. I think since, even probably since X-Lives, I think that's when they kind of started getting more mainstream attention. Yeah. Um, but I just remember the first time out here, somebody said something to me was 2014. I was wearing a crew neck and this was before I even lived here. I was just out here going to like a, a campus tour at USC and stuff. So we were just in town and I was walking Hollywood Boulevard with my, every time I die crew neck, that's just the eye. And this guy yeah. was like, no way. Every time I die, like, like some guy that was working at like one of the bars. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, I couldn't believe that. That was the first time I realized that, you know, there's more, there's more fans than the ones that are just in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, uh, I think it says a lot about their, their, art, their, their form of art that they can, like you said, kind of come back even after, you know, X lives and mm -hmm. albums like that and be able to still change and bring something new to the table because they're, I've met people, you know, cause I wear every time I die shirts and stuff, I've had people yeah. stop me at in buffalo and be like oh man like that band is still around like they still yeah. do stuff like i was on the scene when i was a kid you know like i saw them when i was in high school and like not even realizing that they're still active and like yeah, yeah. you know they they are so do you I remember mean, do you remember josh jagger from willingsville south i i don't think so that last name doesn't sound familiar oh well he he used to be a fan of them and he saw them when, when they played with prada um at buff at town ballroom in buffalo and he, he was one person that told me like just last week, he's like, he's like, Oh, there's still a band. And I'm like, yeah, like, well, yeah, they've been a band since 98. A lot of people just assume they fell off, you know, I like, mean, if they were fans in the old days. They, and you know, they're adults now. They don't really listen to that stuff. They don't follow it. They just assume, yeah. Oh, you know, every time I die is lost to history or whatever, you know? That's one thing I noticed with a lot of bands, not just like every time I die, but well, at bands in general, like, you know, some people who were big fans of them in their youth and then they kind of just move on in life. And then they're like, wait, 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 they still play like years yeah, later. They make music. They tour. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've had a lot of good bands in Buffalo that kind of called it quits. Like, let's see, cute is what we aim for is not around anymore. I mean, they were they weren't really that long, but um, Penamento kind of called it quits the last couple of years. I love them. I you know, I really hate to see it, but I've seen Buffalo's music scene has just deteriorated like a lot. Yeah, honestly, when Waiting Room closed, that kind of killed everything. That kind of killed the vibe. Well, I Club in Club Infinity closed, Waiting Room closed, uh, Diablo closed, uh, Mohawk Place came back, from what I know. But like, I don't it's know. Not I enough though. We it's need not more. definitely. It's definitely not enough. I know. It's not the same either. Like, even if you yeah. have the. And it's it's mostly because of how the how much money is coming into Buffalo now. Like you see all of the renovation that's taking place, especially along the riverfront, and like there's just those dive bar places that host hardcore shows. Like there's not the same demand that there was a long time ago. You know, like yeah, people like us don't really make up that demographic anymore. Like that demographic isn't there. 
So it's hard to say though how things are gonna turn out once everything comes back because obviously there's gonna be people that are gonna be too weary and weird to even go anywhere. But like I feel like once those venues do open, I think there are gonna be some crazy ticket sales coming in. I would hope so. Oh I no. mean Dude, if I lived in Buffalo, like San Jose, like I, I'll tell you, the San Jose, there's literally one hardcore venue, and it's not even really a hardcore venue. Well, like, you gotta go to like Berkeley, right? For you, like yeah, Berkeley, for me, I've gotta go to Berkeley. Brand. But like Buffalo, Buffalo had like three. At one point, they had three or four really good hardcore venues. Oh yeah. And for a city of that size to have that many venues that were viable for large hardcore bands yeah. is really like. I mean, it's, it's unmatched by any other city pretty much like maybe other than like New York city and Boston and, you know, places like that on the East coast, most places aren't as, you know, hip as Buffalo was, at least when I was growing up, when I was growing up, it was, it was awesome. You know, like, absolutely. I remember when Buffalo, like they had like skate parks almost all over the city and they just all oh, yeah. kept closing down. And then even like, like wheels. Yeah, Extreme Wheels, like that was around, and that when did that shut down? Like that shut down years ago, right? I mean, at least at least five years ago. I no, because I saw a show definitely twenty thirteen. Yeah, I don't know. I saw I saw a lot of bands there. I saw like Icy Stars there, Attila. I think then Ethan's band even played there. A Future Corrupt, they opened for Attila. Yeah, and then like even like Mayhem Fest, like the very last year that ever went on, they skipped Buffalo. Did they? They did. Wait, was, was that because gonna... was that because Marilyn Manson was on it? Because I think he was banned from Buffalo at one point. No, no, Marilyn Manson wasn't on that tour. It was Slayer who was the headliner. It was Slayer and King Diamond, and oh, okay. like they were supposed, and then they were scheduled to go to an Erie, Pennsylvania date, which I was going to go to, but then that got canceled because they didn't sell enough tickets in Erie. Wow. Hmm. But yeah, it's all about ticket sales, and you know how much you know they're gonna draw in based on the city and how how big their fan bases are in those cities too. I know every time I die, I won't have any trouble selling tickets because they, they're like the kings at like promoting. Promotion is amazing. Um, just the way they market themselves, the, you know, their merch is every, everything about them. They know, how to, they know how to sell out shows. And just one more last thing about them. AWOL, that single that they played during the show, will be released on Tuesday in the emails of those who bought live stream tickets for the Every Time I Die telethon. So if you had a ticket for that and you're wondering where your, your single is of AWOL, that's coming on Tuesday. Anyways, so today they just announced that people getting unemployment benefits will receive a new $600 stimulus check as well as $300 additional unemployment added to your regularly weekly earnings. Hmm. So looking forward to that, but not really. One question, though. What if you've exhausted your benefits already? Do you still get it? Probably not. What do you mean exhausted your benefit? Like all your, you know, like how like you have like a limited balance on your benefit account? Like say the people have exhausted their benefits by now already. Do they still get that uh, additional 300 a week? I don't know. I, I'm, I, I still had like, I had like 1300 left, but I'm screwed right now because I, I, uh, I applied for benefits like a week ago or not applied, but what do you, what do you call it? Certified certified yeah last literally last sunday today's sunday the 20th um and basically yeah it didn't go through and basically it says pending in my thing still for both of the weeks uh 12 5 and 12 12 and it says pending zero dollars even though i have like 1300 left in benefits 
So I don't know if that's because I worked for Amazon for a few days and that screwed everything up or if it's because- Well, they- did you report the earnings? Because you got to report the earnings. No, I know. I tried to and it didn't work. So I just didn't report the earnings, but it was at that point, it was five. I didn't get paid until five days after. Gotcha. So basically that shouldn't have happened either way, but I'm trying to- I'm trying to get to the bottom of it tomorrow. So I'm trying to call right when they open. Cause I tried calling last week on Friday and they didn't answer. And then they're closed on the weekends. Oh, I wouldn't doubt that their phones are going to be off the hook tomorrow. So you'd probably want to get oh, on that yeah. early. Yeah. I'm going to be there right at, right at 8am for that, but <laughs> I'm flipping out about it. Cause obviously I need, <laughs> I need unemployment right now. I mean, we live just to give any, everybody perspective. We're in California where you got to pay like over a grand for a freaking bedroom a month. And that's the thing, you know, you work in the entertainment industry, especially the film industry. It, it's been really fucked lately because I was scheduled to work on a production uh, this past, like, uh, what was it? Thursday, no, no, Wednesday. And it got shut down because apparently there was a COVID outbreak on set. And luckily I wasn't there for it. I mean, I still got paid for my participation and they paid us for the day that we were supposed to work. Yeah. But, but yeah, didn't film though. And then... I find then I come to find out they cut down a lot of people who were going to like be involved in the shoot. And even a couple of ADs walked off of this set too. And this is like a big budget, one of those big budget productions that was supposed to be for a, a pilot. So sucks, but you know, I mean, with this whole COVID stuff, it's especially with like these, you know, the numbers skyrocketing and all that, it's fucking up a lot of things, especially film productions too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's making it tough. You know, it's I had- been it's tough on anybody that's involved in the entertainment industry. Yeah. The last thing I was in was that thing back in January. So now it's December. So that, that's, that sucks. Everything well, look else at has been catering. Well, look at it this way. Because when the, when the pandemic is officially over, a lot of productions are going to go back into effect. Cause think of it, think about it. People have been writing during the pandemic. They've been preparing for, you know, to like, you know, put productions into effect so if anything they're probably just like writing and writing and writing so when the pandemic's over i'm going to be running through the street with my pants down at my ankles (laughs) and i am going to scream like a chicken (laughs) yeah no it's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful once this bullshit is all over because you know i that's the thing you know like uh just to like see live events, you know, either if it's like a concert event or just any kind of like gathering event where you could just go out and enjoy something, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just crazy to not see it. The only place closest that I went to recently was Vegas and minus the mask wearing, it almost feels like there's no pandemic when you go there. I've been yeah. to Vegas like three times this year. Yeah. Several times with you. Yeah. I went yeah. there. You were there we, three times too. We, no, no, no. This year? No, I was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three times. We drove through it in August, and then we went there for the convention. Uh, and then you went again. Yeah, and then I went again for my birthday with uh, my girlfriend. But yeah, but no, like, like, but like when you experience Vegas, Vegas, even old Vegas and the new Vegas, it's just like they're doing indoor dining, and they their clubs are open too. It's almost yeah. like they don't give a fuck about the pandemic, really. Well, honestly, I got to give it to that Days of the Dead convention because even though we had to wear masks, I honestly didn't feel like we were in a pandemic. Like it was run so well that it just didn't feel it didn't feel like shit was going on. But that other convention I went to in Phoenix the month before, which was Mad Monster Party, that shit was whack. 
they had you walking in like a complete circle, like with arrows on the ground. You you couldn't walk certain ways. So if you were trying to go like up through an aisle, like it would, like the arrow would be facing the wrong way, and they would literally yell at you if you went the wrong way. Like even if you didn't realize. Yeah. And the place was like dead. I mean, it wasn't like Vegas. That was it was like a normal convention. There were people everywhere, but this one in Phoenix, there was like nobody there. And they were still giving you crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a start. It was definitely a start, you know, to get like the convention circuit at least somewhat going. Yeah. I mean, because like, you know, this is a thing, you know, I've seen like these ads. I'm sure you've gotten like the advertisements for all those virtual cons and all that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I got mixed feelings on that. I get it to some extent. You know, a lot of these people who have been names in something, they still need to make money. I get it. I, totally I get mean, it, I mean, it's not it, the same. I mean, if you're trying to get like a hard to get autograph and you're able to send like an item in. And if somebody that doesn't do conventions, I can get that. But like, I don't know. I'm not one to get autographs if I'm not there meeting them. I hate that. Even if, yeah. even if they're even if they're recording themselves doing it, like that's just not the same to me. I want the experience. I want to be able to look at an autograph and remember the conversation I had with them. I want to remember what they were wearing. I want to re remember what they ate that day. <laughs> I want to remember what they smelled like. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, that's how I feel. But yeah, and it's just like. I mean, yeah, they do like the virtual meet and greets, but dude, I'd rather be doing it in person, you know, it's just, there's, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it would be like, you know, it's like trying to watch a concert off like a phone footage on YouTube. It's not the same. No, so then that begs the question though. Do you think it's going to go back to, to what you consider to be normal? Well, this is what I'm hoping. So, so we got the Texas one, right? At the end of April, early May. So it's like April 30th to May 2nd. By then, I feel like there's a chance that maybe there would be no masks. What do you think? No, I think so. I mean, like I'm, my assumption is hopefully by summer or late I spring. Just, I just don't want to have what happened to you at the, the Vegas convention where he got, he basically got a picture with yeah. the Terminator and the dude didn't even, fix, he didn't take his, his uh, mask off. I mean, I get it. Some people are skeptical or some people might be close to someone then that has underlying conditions. So I get maybe if they're just concerned, but at the same time, it's like, you know, but at the same yeah. time, you could tell the person before they spend 50 bucks on your ass that you're not going to be taking your mask off. And by doing so, you're not going to look like the person you are in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that was a dick move to be honest. Cause he was like 50 bucks. Wasn't he? No, not, not even close, but you know what? In the very least, he was cool to at least talk to because, you know, he was, I'll get, I got to give him this. He was conversational. Like we talked for like, what? Like, didn't we talk for like a while? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, talked to him for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Like we talked about that because, you know, he and I, we were also involved in the same show. Like he wasn't allowed to talk about it until, you know, his episode came out, but like, you know, NDAs and all that BS, but no, like we talked for like a good while. He told me some cool stories about, James Cameron's like office and where like and all that stuff so I mean like it was a good conversation in the very least I was satisfied yeah it kind of sucked you know he didn't take the mask off for the picture but yeah I, I still got something out of it I got to have a good conversation with someone like someone from a movie that I really loved growing up you know with watching you know that made I, it was the movie that pretty much that made me want to get involved in the films oh this guy right here donovan he's obsessed with terminator he probably watches it like five times a year. Oh, oh yeah no 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 six no 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 six times a year <laughs> no 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 but 60, no no 69 <laughs> but it's just like and then going into that topic it's just i like the first one more than any of the rest most people say the second is better than the first but 
It's just I like the first one. The I mean, most. they're def- they're definitely close. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say the second one blows the first out of the water. I just think Edward Furlong's character makes it a little more fun, and I think Arnold. Oh, yeah, definitely. Arnold being a little bit more of a puppy dog in the second one compared to the first. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah, what was. Well, it's just like what I liked about the first one so much was it had that horror you liked, movie you liked vibe. The, you liked the naked naked Arnold. Jesus Christ. That's my favorite part. But no, like it's just what I liked about it was it had such like a like I liked the horror aspect behind it. Like, you know, the Terminator wasn't a character that was supposed to be heroic. He wasn't somebody that you wanted to look up to. He was somebody you wanted to be intimidated and afraid of, you know, and he was just like this killing machine badass. Yeah. Know? And he kicked the shit out of Bill Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> Which I miss that guy so much. Um, oh my god. I don't know if you great. know Bill Paxton Donovan, but he was amazing. It's like if you saw his face, you would know instantly who he is. Oh, I know He's who one Bill of those Paxton is. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Do you ever see the movie yeah. Near Near Dark, the vampire flick? I don't oh, think so. Oh you man, you would love it. So good. So my my friend got to work on upset with Bill Paxton before he passed. He like did, it was like some like pilot that didn't get picked up, I think, because of his passing. And like uh, he was just doing background for this set, and then like he said, "Oh, we're gonna place you uh, next to Bill," and he didn't know who Bill was. But then like he saw it was Bill Paxton, and he said to him, "Oh, oh, I didn't know, I didn't recognize who you were at first. I loved you in Predator too. And he said, "Oh, that was my least favorite movie." <laughs> Wait, really? why was why was that? I don't know. I'd have to go back and ask him. But you know what? I, I thought he fucking killed it in Predator too. Like his character was funny, but yeah, he stole this. He stole the show with it. What did Bill Paxton die of again? He had like cancer. No, I think it was like complications after surgery, from what I recall. Because like that he was sucks. only in his he was only in his sixties. He wasn't that old. That's but crazy. You and I did meet the actor who also got killed by Arnold in Terminator in that same scene, uh, Brian Thompson. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Funny story about him. Do you know who he probably probably don't know who Brian Thompson is, right, Donovan? Have you seen? I don't think so. Have you seen Cobra with Sylvester Stallone? A long time ago, but Brian, Brian Thompson was the the antagonist in it. The guy who gets he gets our sly uh, I can picks him up. See his face, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. basically, basically, I met him at the very first horror convention I ever went to in 2011. This little convention called Horror Find Weekend, which took place in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And basically, I go up to meet this guy. I didn't even know who the hell he was. Uh, I just it was my first convention, so I literally brought like 400 more. 400 500 bucks and just blew it on everybody even people i didn't know um and i, I went up and got a picture with this guy and the first thing i do is accidentally step on his foot <laughs> <laughs> i remember you told me about that so in the picture he looks kind of pissed off and i think that might be why <laughs> but oh, yeah. like, like pretty much all of his characters are always pissed off in his movies but can so. you imagine <laughs> can you imagine getting a picture with somebody and then stepping on their foot right before <laughs> I mean, I just, I felt like such an asswad. <laughs> it ruined the whole experience. And then I walked away, like all scared. Thought he was going to kill me. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is a big dude. So, yeah. So apparently there was supposed to be an exorcist reboot, but the director, the, uh, just today I read this, the director shut down the rumors once and for all. That was like the headline. That's probably, well, you know, it, honestly. What, so what are your opinions on reboots? Like both of you guys. Well, are we reboots or remakes? What are we talking about here? Just just reboots or okay, uh, like all right, let's do let's do reboots first and then remakes. So reboot. Uh what's the freaking difference again? I always screw this up. I think reboot 
is like you know you kind of like ignore certain sequels and yeah it like changes the everything it like changes everything really right yeah like it's almost like that pretty much like what i mean if anything halloween's probably rebooted uh twice no, like they rebooted for h2o because that picks up immediately after the second one and then they rebooted it again with 2018 so mm. and then obviously it was remade i mean it's so all remake, very it's all very unnecessary a, re, a remake is a re-envisioning yeah i mean i mean i like i like rob zombie's remake of halloween because it's totally like his own trailer trash type shit but I don't know. Yeah, remakes are totally unnecessary unless the original kind of sucks. Like for for me, I personally like the remake of Hills of Eyes more than the original. I agree. That's one of my favorite remakes ever. I just think it's brutal and just insane. The whole a lot movie. of people would probably disagree with me, but I like the remake of Texas Chainsaw more than the original. I, I don't get me wrong. I love the original. All right, but like that's, the that's pretty insane. I don't know why you would say that. Well, no, no, no. It's because I I thought the kills were pretty were pretty good in. Uh, Texas Chainsaw, the re of the remake. I thought like the hammer kill was pretty pretty good, like the cutting yeah, off the leg. I mean, come on though, Tex, the original though. I well, mean, no, no, the original, like the, that was like the original is like well, uh, you know I love great. the remake too, but yeah, come on. no, 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 don't get me wrong, I love the original, but you know what? And a lot of people will probably be surprised at this. I love the third movie too. Oh, I think that movie's dog shit. I just what? Oh, come on. The third Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yes, I fucking love that movie. I don't give a shit what anyone says. That movie smells worse than my toilet on Thanksgiving. It's better than the fourth. I'll give it that. <laughs> uh, I, Actually, I don't know. It's close because... I did fourth... not care. I've only seen the fourth once in my life, and I didn't care for it. Yeah, but the fourth's kind of funny. He's like more of a woman than he is like a killer. Oh, yeah. And but then... yeah. And then, so yeah, I like the remake. Okay, let's just go through all of those. So I love the original. I love the second. Third one, I'm not a big fan of. Um, I do like the guy that played Leatherface. That we met him a couple of times. He's real nice. Ari Mahalov. Oh, yeah. Ari is cool. He's yeah. cool as hell. And then the fourth one, uh, Donovan, uh, Matthew McConaughey, and Renee Zellweger are in that one. <laughs> and they don't, oh. they don't acknowledge it ever because they don't want people to know. Oh yeah! Don't forget Vigo oh, Morrison. Sure. Vigo Morrison is in the third one too. And oh yeah, Vigo was... Morrison's the third. Yeah, as well as Ken Foray from Dawn of the Dead and Devil's Rejects and everything else that he's in. It's just great. It's just bizarre. Vigo Morrison went on from doing Texas Chainsaw to doing like Lord of the Rings and like all these other big movies. Wait, was too. Texas Chainsaw before Lord of the Rings? Texas, Cha Texas Chainsaw three was 1990. Oh okay. The yeah. remake was 2003. The original was 74. <clears throat> yeah, I always think of Lord of the Rings as being like Viggo Mortensen's first real role, but I guess not. No, no, he's been doing it long before that. But I think that Lord of the Rings really put him on the map. If unless he did something before that, that no, it's well just known. I think everything that I'm aware of that he's done is after Lord of the Rings. So and that's I mean the, why. the last couple of years he's done a couple great ones like Captain Fantastic that came out in 2016 and yeah, Green I remember you telling me about that one. That one in Green Book was fantastic. Um, There's one movie, really good movie he did with uh, Cronenberg, and it was uh, a less, uh, what is it? A history of a history of violence. History oh, a history of violence. of violence is a great movie. I saw it, that it's way great. Long. like I probably saw that when it was like on the shelf at Blockbuster when it was like brand new because that was like 2004, right? Yeah, that was a long time ago. I liked it because, you know, based on the other Cronenberg movies that I had seen, it was a very different approach because, you know, typically he goes 
I mean, like he's done like sci-fi stuff. Like yeah. that was one of the. I've only seen like like uh, three Cronenberg movies aside from Which aside ones? from Which ones? Um, I saw The Fly. It's been a while since I've seen that. The Fly, Scanners, Videodrome, Videodrome, and Scanners. Yeah, I saw. So, yeah. I I've seen those. I've seen Dead Ringers, The Brood. The Brood's <laughs> a good one. Dead Ringers is alright. Uh, what else am I missing? Did you see Videodrome? Yeah, I've seen Videodrome. Yeah. I saw Peter showed it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's one of those movies you kind of got you got to go you really got to analyze it. It's a mind fuck. It it really is a mind fuck. He showed that at Thursday Night Terrors, and I I I was at every single screening of Terrors at that point, obviously. Um, and I remember that was the most, uh, that was the most divided audience reaction I've ever seen for a Terrors. <laughs> I just I just was walking out of it, and I heard so many people being like, "Well, that sucked." <laughs> Well, because like you gotta like look at the bigger picture in that movie. There's like a, it's like it's complicated to describe, but there's like a, there's like a there's, deeper meaning. There is a deeper meaning behind it. But yeah, but no, and I, James Woods killed it in that movie. James Wood is my daddy. <laughs> so speaking of great things, uh, I just watched a documentary <laughs> on HBO Max that was on the Bee Gees. Which, if anybody knows, they're a band from the '60s that went on for, I mean, I don't know how many years like literally 40 years probably they, um, they were still touring like when i was a kid like yeah. they, they've yeah no they were going on. till like probably the early 2000s because then the the one brother died in like 2003 and then robin died in 2012 and then maurice is still around or or wait wait no maurice is the one that the first one that died barry's the one that's still around um but yeah the documentary was excellent it's it's like two hours long you can get it on hbo max it pretty much goes through their whole career, all, like most of the albums and just the high high and low points, you know, times where the one brother Robin left and comes back and all the different sounds they went through. I mean, they were like several different genres throughout their career. Yeah, They, they went through that whole disco phase and then obviously disco got killed basically. And, you know, people were in those disco sucks shirts and they kind of got roped into that, even though they weren't really a disco act to begin with. They just kind of got into that sound a little bit with like the yeah. Saturday, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, which at that point, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack was the highest selling record of all time. I don't know if you knew that. Really? No idea. Um, but yeah, that was huge. Do you know who's like, a, I think she was like a featured background in Saturday Night Live was uh, Adrian King from Friday the 13th. A featured background? I think she, like she was like a I think she was an ex I don't know if she was an extra or just like a, like a small speaking role I'd have to go back and watch but she's in it. Oh wow. Hmm. So is there anything else you guys have seen recently that's worth noting? I know we're gonna talk more next week on the final episode of the year, which is for the um, uh, yeah that's I feel like gonna be the big one. Final um, rankings of stuff we're gonna do we're gonna do an episode on best and worst movies of the year, best and worst albums of the year, and just shit that happened talk about the coronavirus not much that ruined our lives um i'd have to go back and watch a few more but one newer movie i did watch because i think you were one of the people that recommended it to me was uh the art of self-defense with jesse eisenberg oh that's so good i love that movie mm -hmm. have you seen it donovan it's a good movie yeah yeah it's it's it, it it's like it's got funny moments and then it's got it's really dark moments where you were just like holy shit you know that movie tickled my fancy where'd you watch it uh, I think I watched it on Hulu, I believe. Oh, I gotta oh, watch yeah. that again. I I only saw it in theaters, so that was it, like last summer, I think. 
Yeah, no, it was like a, and like it was funny because like when the Grandmaster turned out to be the the guy from Jurassic Park three. <laughs> Who else was in that? It was Jesse Eisenberg. Was it Woody Harrelson in that or something? No, no, like the guy who played the Grandmaster, like the like the remember. master in the air. He's remember he's the guy in Jurassic Park three who steals the dinosaur eggs. Probably, I can't remember. This is like yeah, it was him. Yeah, it. It was him, but yeah, that was like, I know that was one of the more recent movies I had watched. I, there's probably a couple more that I watched too, but I think, on, but yeah, but uh, I think on HBO Max also is that new documentary on what was it called? Uh, the Heaven's Gate. Remember, remember we watched the movie The Lock? Oh, the Heaven's Gate Cult? Yeah, there's yeah. a new documentary what? on it, which I oh, think there's shit. been many actually, but this is like a brand new one. Um, and yeah, yeah I started watching that. It was great. Oh, you the new one? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So how is yeah. it? Is it decent? I like it. I I mean, um, I think it's worth watching unless you're like one of those people who, for some reason, doesn't like like graphic you know, shit, cult, murder, mystery type of shows. Like, yeah, and it might not be your cup of tea. But for everybody else, I think it's worth watching. How far did you get into it? Like half of it? Uh, probably a little under half of it. Yeah. Did they show any of like the shots of them on the beds with like the sheets over them? Yeah. Yeah. The, in the opening, they kind of show a lot of the Ugh. the aftermath, yeah. but it's not like I don't know. They 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 only allude to it. I would say there's nothing explicit. Can you imagine being the person that walked in there and saw like how many people was it? Like forty people, I think. Yeah, it was. It was huge. It was a lot of people. And I don't know how long it took them to find them, but I'm sure the bodies were like rotting and it probably smelled terrible. And that's just yeah. whoever found them is probably in like a psychiatric ward now. <laughs> but yeah, you see, you saw the lodge, right? The lodge. Uh, which one was that? Oh man. This, this horror movie called the lodge came out like last, it actually came out to Blu-ray, I think in February, but I saw it last September at beyond fest. Um, it's with it, the the kid from It, right? It had it had Jaden Jaden Martell from It, and then it had, uh, I think Alicia Silverstone. Her name is, and she's in the beginning. I'm not gonna say yeah, Alicia why. Alicia Silverstone, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know. I just had a couple people. Um, but what is it about? Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, it's about the I can't I can't say the one part because it'll ruin that. Um, basically, these two kids and their dad. Um, the, their dad basically starts dating this chick and she's a lot younger than him and the kids instantly don't like her because the dad's no longer dating the mom and basically uh, they look up stuff on this girl and they realize that she was part of that cult that suicide cult and she's the only known no only known survivor of the cult hmm. which obviously in real life there weren't any survivors as far as we know right yeah um basically so they, they find that out about her and i don't i don't remember when they find that out but i think it's like right before that they go to this lodge and they basically spend a weekend with her and the dad has to be out of town on like some business trip or something so they're, they're both there at this lodge with this crazy chick that was a part of those murders and she's basically like hev heavily medicated um and not to ruin anything, but basically they hide her meds on her and they basically make her think that they all died and like crazy shit like that happens. And they, they basically mess with this girl's mind. She's like mentally ill because of yeah. her past and stuff. 
And obviously from there, you could tell that shit goes haywire. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's really good. I, I liked it a lot. A lot of people were divided on how they felt about it, but I, I think if you don't like that movie, you don't appreciate like good cinema that really gets to your core. You well, know, just even it's just there was a lot of parts because like Kellen was the one that introduced me to it, and I definitely liked the one part in the beginning with Alicia Silverstone's character. That was like the biggest like holy fuck moment. There. Yeah, yeah, she's she was good in it, and uh, yeah, it's just one of those movies where you're not gonna you're not gonna see a lot of grotesque, you know, gruesome violence. You're gonna you're gonna it's it's more of like a slow burn, but in a way that really gets to your core. Like I don't know. And any, any about movie. a slow burn that really gets to your core. I mean, COVID this year. COVID. I th- I feel like before before we uh, wrap up this episode, before we go on anything else, we have to talk about like what's happened over this year and what's you know what twenty twenty one is going to be leading into. So, yeah, what, how do you guys think this is all going to end up? Uh, for this year, I mean, I think now that the vaccine has started to go out on those trucks last couple days, week, uh, I think we're off to a good start. And honestly, everybody that's front of the line right now is getting the vaccine first. My, my friend Morgan, as you know, that I do her delivery, her pride deliveries. I, she, she does the catering with me. Her, uh, wife actually just got the vaccine and she's a nurse. So that's a start. Her mom actually just got COVID though. So hopefully she feels better. Um, Yeah, it does. But she got the vaccine. So that's cool. That's somebody I know that already got it. Mm -hmm. And basically that's, that's how it's going to be. It's going to be front of the line people, people first. And then it's going to be people like our parents, like older people. Um, And then I don't remember what's third. And then finally is going to be us like fourth. So, yeah. But I feel like I feel like by then, like, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about getting that. I feel like if we don't need it, I'm not getting it because I've been everywhere and I feel like I would have already had this freaking virus at some point. And I don't know. I just feel like why take that chance that there's something in that? I mean, I'm not really I'm not really too skeptical about it, but like, I don't know. I just don't even see the bother in it. So you don't have any, like safety concerns or anything like that. You're not one of those people. It's like, oh, the vaccine's going to kill you. I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel that way, but I feel like why go out of your way to even take a chance if there was some weird side effect that comes like 30 years later, like your hair falling out or something that's scary. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like my concern is the side effects. Hence the reason, like what, why I'm also worried like that, you know, workplaces might try to say that taking the vaccine is mandatory, which I hope it doesn't lead to that. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Because if some people are not, if some people are not comfortable with taking it, then, you know, just have them COVID test. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I mean, at the same time, like, I don't know if, if I try to get a job and I am in need of a job and they're like, yeah, so you got to do this vaccine thing right now, or we're not going to hire you. Then I'd probably be like, all right, but Mm-hmm. if they're not going to do that and we're already in like March or April by the time we even get this thing, which is probably likely when it will be right. I mean, yeah, I'd say yeah. at least March, I'd say at least March before any of us even come near it. And I bet that's definitely a long shot. Well, I mean, the Moderna vaccine just got, I think it just got approval today or yesterday. Like, and the other one's Pfeiffer, right? And the end, the Pfizer one that got, uh, that got emergency um usage past like thursday friday it was like really recently 
Okay. And then that one's only, I think both of them are like a hundred thousand doses at a time. So that's not a lot. I mean, this no, is, gonna take, no, this is certainly going to take a bit. Yeah. This is like, I just because they said that they're going to allow for these vaccines to be used doesn't mean that they're going to be able to distribute them at the rate that, you know, we necessarily need them to in order to open back up. So yeah. everybody's saying like, oh yeah, like January, February, we're going to be going back out. No, you're not. Not it's, at all. Like but, what Kellen said. The more, the more and more people, I mean, even though it's a hundred thousand at a time, like once we start hitting the millions and that keeps going and keeps going and keeps going, like it will slow the spread. Yeah. Oh, it'll slow the spread for sure. But the question is, we've already shown that we're, we're willing to make that trade off as far as, you know, the economic downsides versus saving people's lives. Yeah. So when are you going to say, oh, like and this, you know, a few enough people are dying that we're willing to, you know, start ramping up the economy again, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that, and that's a hard thing to, to do as a legislator. How do you make that call? You know, true. Cause you answer to people. Yeah. It's tough. Well, and like what Callan said, you know, it's going to take time to even distribute the vaccine to, to everyone. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just hoping by like summer, we're freaking good. I I honestly, like, I don't care if it's in the next couple months as much. I hope I can go to that convention in May and, you know, have limited guidelines and shit. But like, if by summer we're like doing some sort of concerts and stuff, I'd be stoked. Well, no, and I know Kellen and I will agree on this, but I want fucking water parks to be reopened again. Oh, my God. Dude, I, you know what? Actually speaking, I'm happy you brought that up. So you know how Six Flags charged us a couple times? We have season passes to Six Flags. Yeah, you, you, I froze my, you can freeze your account and still have one with them. So I never did any of that. But yeah. I, I went on my Yahoo yesterday, the email <clears throat> I don't use anymore, and I saw something that said, collections was trying to to reach out to me and they wanted like 250 bucks from six flags what? from six flags for and what? i'm like uh get fucked um Would you poop on the water slide kellen i'm like first of all like we only got charged for like a month or two which i shouldn't have been charged at all because the damn place wasn't even fucking open but now i'm getting this collections email saying i owe 250 bucks to six flags i'm like what? uh yeah no <laughs> no you don't it hasn't you... been open since march like you got your fucking mind yeah because like what i had ended up doing to i just went into my account and like you could like choose the option to like suspend your billing and freeze you know your membership like meaning like obviously you can't go there or anything but you still have your your account still exists but you still have a profile and all that but you're not eligible obviously to go in but then again it's fucking close. So yeah. <laughs> well, obviously they're not going to, they can't really charge me when I go back. Right. Cause that'd be outrageous. They, uh, they, already guess... charged, they already charged me for two months that I didn't even get to use. They're going to try and charge you. I guarantee you. Guarantee oh, you. Yeah. If you didn't, oh, if you didn't if properly, you if you didn't properly freeze it, like the way, like you go into your account and do it, they're probably going to use that as an excuse and say, Oh, you, you didn't freeze your account properly. You still have to pay whatever you were paying and all that, which is going to be really, stupid to do dude i will bring a pipe bomb to that park (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) anyways i will i'm not getting back (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm never going back um i would never but um i'm definitely gonna start a fight if that happens i'm gonna flip yeah but no i'm looking forward to like water parks reopening like i've been wanting to check out raging waters which is not too far from where (laughs) i'm living and all that and then um 
What what other water? What are there any other water parks I don't know of in the LA area? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know. Raging uh, Waters, Raging Waters, Six Flags. Is there one else? in San Diego at all? Like, is there one at their Sea World? Or no? I wouldn't be surprised if there is. And also, what about Knotts? Do they have one? Oh yeah, Knotts definitely has one. <clears throat> Dude, we gotta go to Knotts Berry Farm. I've been always wanting to go there. Still haven't had a chance to go. Hopefully, hopefully in fall, their their Halloween thing will be open because I want to go there for that. Speaking of that, you should get a job there. Because I know you like doing the hayride and stuff, but Knott's Berry Farm is like the highlight of all the haunts in Southern California. It's, fun- it's funny you mention that because like the LA Haunted Hayride drive up that I worked at this year, some people who came to work for like the hayride drive up this year, some of us were hayride alumni. Some other people were Universal Horror Nights and uh, Knott's Berry Farm alumni, people who had worked there for years or previously, because like the L.A. Haunted Hayride was like pretty much one out of a few of the only things going on this year. Because you know what? In the very least, it was something to give to the people, you know, that couldn't go through haunted houses. They could still get some scare in their car, which was and you know what? Getting to scare the shit out of people with the chainsaw this year. I was I'm just happy I was at least able to do that despite the pandemic. Yeah, I know you worked there and all. I'm not going to like shit talk the place, but I heard I heard it was pretty bad, like in, well, term, well, in terms of how much people were paying, like that was pretty like rough. Well, yeah, I the prices were pretty over the top, but I'll, I'll tell you why people were talking shit in the beginning, because we didn't really interact or scare that much in the beginning. Like we were just like performing, really. So people were saying, oh, that's it. But then that was when we <laughs> that was when we started to, you know, get more like communicate with the audience, like get close to the car, like. To like yeah. we have like noisemakers that would be loud that would get people to jump and all that and then also the chainsaws like we had you know what have been really funny you know what have been really fucking funny if oh. i if i went there if i went there with my car and put like a train horn underneath it and then just scared the shit out of the actors <laughs> that would have been funny and filmed it you know what was cool christina aguilera showed up to the hayride drive-in this year and, and uh, travis barker right Travis Barker was there too. And then uh, I think I saw him, uh, the kid who plays Steve in Stranger Things. I saw him. Oh, was he I, the one that I was on set with? Is that the guy that was uh, in Spree? Oh, yeah. That, that new movie, like where he's like the driver that like abducts and kills people. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. That's him. He was, yeah, he, he was I, cool. I'm pretty sure he was there. Like I saw him in the passenger seat with just some random person, but I think that was him. I mean, it looked a lot like him. So yeah, I and shook then, hands uh, with that guy. <clears throat> And then also uh, Ellen DeGeneres is uh, like assistant, whatever, whoever, who goes and explores those places. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I forgot his name, but he was there and like they filmed that. And then, yeah, like, I mean, just YouTubers and all that, like not as many people, you know, not like many celebrity figures came out to that. But you know what? It was funny. It was less physically demanding than the actual hayride, to be honest, you, which made it better for me. You didn't see Adam Lou when he came, right? No, no. He was up front. And I so like. We get scheduled to like certain, we were like, uh, so we were set into like certain spots and he was up in the front row of the VIP area where I wasn't positioned for that specific uh, part of the show. The VIP thing was like a hundred bucks a person, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think it was like more like, I think it was like 250 bucks for like the car. It it was, it was 200 something dollars per car. Like, 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 so like, you, like, what would it, how it worked was like, you, the car would pay for like, however, how many people you had with you. And then you'd come drive in, you'd park your car and you get into like the, the hay, they used the hayride carriers for that. And then like all the other rows, like you would just be in your car and all that. 
Yeah, see, I think I think all those places were ripping people off so bad. I was going to go see a comedy show just the other night. Um, Michael Rappaport is doing like a show, or I think it already happened, but it was like it was like 60 bucks plus drinks for like an outdoor show. And I'm just like, that's kind of pricey. And then, and then Cypress Hill played a couple months ago and that was like 250 bucks for the car. And it's like, okay, what if you don't have anybody to go with? Like you're still paying 250 bucks. That's crazy. Like a lot of places are going to that group pricing now. I hate that. I hate that. And I heard, I heard those shows for Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle that are happening in Austin, which that there was a bunch that already happened, but they just announced a whole new wave of them for January. Yeah. Those were like 250 bucks a ticket. Yeah. I can just, imagine just for that. I mean, I'd pay, I'd probably pay at least a hundred for the two of them together, but I don't know. Two fifties kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can like have normal haunted houses back by this coming Halloween as well as concerts too. And, and when it comes yeah. to concerts, concerts in Australia are already happening at limited what? capacity. Yeah. Limited capacity in Australia right now. They're already doing shows. Yeah. Apparently New Zealand is COVID free based on what I heard. Yeah. New Zealand's good. I think that's, I think that's where they did that screening of true romance a couple months ago. They did like a sold out screening of it. And I was like, Holy shit. Like, let's get back to that. Well, yeah, I mean, so, uh, so what do we want to uh, tell people as far as the the next episode, what we're doing for our year end episode? Well, before we say that, what are you doing for your episode? Because we're doing your episode next on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Tuesday, I'm going to have on Matt Guffey. He's, he's an awesome dude. He's a former coach of the uh, junior men's team for the San Jose Sharks, the hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a strength and conditioning coach. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt under, you know, my coach too, Kyotera. Nice. And then he's, um, uh, I'm trying to think else. What, what else does Matt do? He, he does a bunch of stuff. He also owns victory high performance training. So, oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. He's just all over the place. He's, he's a good dude to talk to. He, he loves working with, um, you know, youth and athletes and, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a, a great conversation. So, and I know you're going to tune in for it, Kellen. So absolutely. Yeah. He's going to be there helping me interview. So this is for the morning locker with Donovan yep, Bader. Yeah. It's going to be sick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, can we do it? Like, I know uh, Donovan and I, we wanted to discuss martial arts. Yeah. If we could do it quickly, we won't be. Yeah. 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 Do it up. Yeah. So, uh, so, well, well, let me ask you, uh, how did you get into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and martial arts? Like, what, what encouraged you to do it? Sure. So um, I had no plan whatsoever of doing martial arts when I was a kid. I had no desire to do martial arts. I was just, you know, fat kid who enjoyed eating. And then um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. And then uh, there was when I was 17, I got really into uh, getting in shape because I wanted to be in the Marine Corps. And so I lost like 60 pounds and, uh, you know, got in shape and everything, did everything I had to in order to join the Marines, but that didn't end up working out. So when I got denied from the Marine Corps on a medical basis, I decided, you know what, I'm going to find something else to do with this. You know, I've made this this transformation, like I need to find something else that I'm going to like. And that's just when jujitsu came along. I was walking through the mall. I saw a gym. I saw a bunch of people training in there. I went in thinking I was all tough. 
<laughs> I got my ass beat by like a 14 year old at the time, or he was even younger than that. He was like 13. Wait, you walked in and they immediately like threw you on a mat and were like, all right, yeah, I was like, well, it was more, it was more me. I was like being an asshole and I was like, yeah, I could probably like beat anybody here. Like, Where was this? Stuff. Like Eastern Hills? Eastern Hills? Eastern Hills Mall. I know exactly which gym you're talking about. I know exactly yeah. which one. Yeah. The Buffalo Training Center. Yeah. That's so I remember funny. that. <laughs> I remember that place. Oh my God. And so I walked hilarious. into that place and I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm, pr- I'm pretty tough. Like I'm. And they, they, at that time, they would give you a sheet and they'd be like, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how, how well do you think you could defend yourself? And I was like, probably a nine, like, you know, uh, <laughs> so you so, went in, the, you went in there and they based it off that. I went in there. I thought I was, I was like, yeah, I'll try out this class. And like, they're like, okay, you're going to be working with Sully. And he's like, at the time he was like a 12 or 13 year old kid. And he just <laughs> arm barred the shit out of me, like over and over and over again. And they were his like, name yeah, was, dude, like you're not that strong. <laughs> his, his name was Sully. Like, yeah, like his the, name was Sully. Like the pilot. <laughs> he's, a, he, he's a great kid. He's a college student now. He's all successful in life. He's yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> He, you, dude, he massacred me, and it made me want to learn everything about martial arts and jujitsu. So was this when you were at South? Yeah, I was at. Uh, no, I had graduated at that point. Actually, that was oh, right damn. after I graduated. Yeah, I don't know if I told you guys, uh, but I think it was on the last episode we were talking about Donovan running around in high school. He would he would run home with a backpack full of bricks. <laughs> really holy shit yeah every every day i'd be on the school bus and i'd be like oh there goes homeboy with a freaking backpack full of bricks jesus running down the sidewalk idiot it was amazing though i didn't didn't think you looked like an idiot i was like damn i wish i could be like that i I would go home every day i would literally have track practice certain days and other days i'd just go home and eat ice cream yeah see guys if there's a lesson to be learned from this story it's that you should go home and eat ice cream like kellen not go and run dude, in backpack like dude i was so Donovan. bad <laughs> dude that's why i like sucked when i was in like i mean i think it was more during cross country but not really i even when i was doing track like all of it i would just i would go to practice i'd go give up my heart you know do do my best and then i'd go home and eat a fucking gallon of ice cream and that's probably why i didn't do that well that's also because you were a twig <laughs> Yeah, I was skinny as shit. I still he am. was. He, he still is. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. still look like a skinny crackhead. I love it. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah, Donovan. So like when you uh, so like for because I never trained at Buffalo Training Center. I passed out by it a bunch of times. Yeah. But do they? Do they? They uh, you receive belts with them, or did you receive belts with another school? Yeah. So uh, the way that it worked was um, we were under a um, we were under Ascension Martial Arts at that point. So we were under a different instructor. He was up in Canada in toronto so he would come down like once a year or once once or twice a year depending on his availability and he would grade us and give us belts so i got my blue belt from him and then uh purple belt i got from my instructor jason chevachinsky and then my brown belt i got once i moved out to california and was working for kyotera i got my brown belt from kyotera so nice um yeah, it's it's one of those things where like uh, uh you know a lot of people might put off you know training or doing something that they really care about, but like if there's something that you really care about, like for instance you and Kellen with you know acting and film, like if there's something that you really like that you really enjoy, go after it, chase it, do it, like put all of your effort towards it because at least if you fail and you decide hey I don't want to do this anymore at least you know that you gave a hundred percent. Like the worst thing in life is to like go after something 
and half-ass it and then Absolutely. realize shit like I and I the sad thing it. is the sad thing is that's 90% of the people yeah, yeah it's true it's true but unfortunately you know, but you know that's the thing like kind of like what you said like music movies like acting and film and martial arts kickboxing and fitness is like a they're very they're really important parts of my life and you know without them I don't know what I would do and you know just when you receive a belt you know it's it's such a huge accomplishment and you know it makes you really feel like it gives it's like a huge it all it's also a huge boost in your confidence too you know and like and that's the thing like martial arts you know it makes you feel like a completely and like when you like keep progressing with it you feel like a whole new kind of a person with it which is why i love it so much and that's why i think it's so important like how do you how did you feel the first time that you got a promotion oh dude it was like like when i first got so like i squirted <laughs> So like like you have like you have white, yellow, green, purple, blue, and then so on. And I I'm at blue so far. And then it's like about you have to get twelve belts to get to black to like to get to your first degree black belt with uh the school that I train at. And you know, but like the first time I got my yellow belt, you know, it was it just like it felt so amazing. And I'm just like, here's to another another chapter in this journey. And then I can't wait till I can get my green belt. But then the yellow, when I got my yellow belt a couple weeks after that, I believe was when the pandemic hit. But what was great about my school is we trained virtually. We kept training. We kept earning like, you know, our credits and classes and all that. And I still kept getting my belts and all that. And now like with like, now that we're training out in like ballpark fields and all that, we can at least have some kind of like in-person, you know, training and all that. And, you know, keep our momentum going, which is great. And like, even a lot of the students, they just had their black belt testings. There's new black belt students. They pushed through the pandemic no matter what. So, you know, like the one thing about this whole, the one thing about it was like, you know, I never stopped and, you know, I just wanted to keep, you know, getting better and better at it. And even like training with, even when I trained with my, my fight choreography and stunt team, you know, like, uh, we all are, are experimented and certified in other martial arts. But like, what's great about this is, you know, we experiment into other fields because you never know. Because the, the one thing as a martial artist is while you get certified with one specifically, it's always a good thing to experiment into other types of martial arts. Did, like, you ever, to... uh, did you ever consider doing porn? No. Porn isn't a martial art, Kellen. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I thought I was. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's like, but yeah, like obviously, you know, like, like there's like martial arts are different and you know they're they have their advantages and all that like obviously when i started training with my stunt team you know i got to learn more about uh, like muay thai some wushu and some kung fu and all that which is great yeah i think uh when it comes to martial arts it's really easy for people to get ideologically affiliated with a certain school or a certain martial art and it's unfortunate because that really stifles what martial arts is all about martial arts is about self-improvement you know it's about absolutely becoming a better person uh physically mentally psychologically it's just emotionally yeah in every in, in every way emotionally you know sexually it's always that <laughs> it's always it's always that whiny it's always that whiny kid that ends up being in like karate and stuff <laughs> like in the movies and stuff it's always like karate. that whiny kid <laughs> karate karate kid in cobra kai and it's all like, that oh, why is everybody so mean to me all right i guess i'll go do karate and just kick their ass yeah you know <laughs> yeah so yeah i i know you and kellen discussed it in another episode i wasn't involved in but i gotta hear your take on steven seagal 
but yeah. Okay, so like, I, 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 before to clarify, I don't hate Steven Seagal. I love his movies, but I know he gets a lot of criticism, and yeah. I know Aikido gets criticism too. Oh, no, yeah. so to okay, so to give a little bit of background, when I was when I was a kid, I loved Steven Seagal movies. Like I loved all of those campy like Under Siege and stuff. Like <laughs> I loved all of those, and so when I became older. And I started actually training in martial arts and, you know, getting a feeling for what, you know, jujitsu and wrestling and MMA and like what getting in, getting hit in the face was really like, like you kind of realize that a lot of not just Steven Seagal, but a lot of Hollywood is just, you know, really dumbed down and fake. And I think that that's just something that you come to terms with as an adult. I still enjoy Steven Seagal as an actor. Yeah, but do I take him seriously as a martial artist? No, probably not. Well, the one thing you notice about all of his movies, he never gets hit, not <laughs> once. Like, like go back, like go back and watch, like go back and watch Under Siege, go watch Hard to Kill, watch uh, like Above the Law, and like all those and Alpha Justice. Like anytime one of these guys tries to make a hit at him, he they miss, or like he just flips them, or like the time that they do hit him, he barely budges and just like like you know he flips them. Yeah, do you know why? It's because if he actually took a hit, his ego couldn't handle it. His ego would <laughs> crumble. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, and do you know about the Van Damme and Seagull story? Uh, I think Kellen was talking about this at uh, on the last episode. So Seagull, yeah, Seagull went on the Arsenio Hall show in like the early 90s to like promote, I think, Out for oh, yeah. Justice. And yeah. then Arsenio's like, since you were here last, like all these other action stars have found out the woodwork. What do you think of like Jeff Speakman and Van Damme? Do you know Van Damme? And he's like, no. And like in that very, like that very, like that very raspy voice, he's like, oh, but you heard of him. And like, he's just like, you could just tell Steven Seagal does not want to answer the question at all. But then like when like, like Arsenio is just like very insisting on it. And yeah. he just says like, <laughs> he's just like a, oh he was like a champion somewhere and all that and Seagal's just like I think that was a matter of opinion he was a champion anywhere and it was like oh no like you yeah. know that was a, that was the start to the feud and like yeah. it's just like in any other video and interview he never really said anything good about him but Van Damme on the other hand he actually was a good sport and he just says oh I wish him all the best and all that yeah and that's what I mean is uh, in martial arts the the more you get around and I'm sure you've seen this from people too the genuine people, the people who actually care about martial arts, the people who are legitimately good are people who are usually, not always, but usually very humble and very, um, they're not very, they're not very uh, confrontational people, yeah. I would say. They're very, they're, they're very peaceful from yeah. what, which is, which is the, the, the complete antithesis of what most people would think. You know, most people be, would think that like, oh, martial artists are all like super violent people or whatever. No, not at all. Like not I've heard like, all. I've heard like nothing but good things about stories of like Michael J. White, Don, the dragon Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, who else? Uh, uh, Benny, the jet Rodriguez and like, uh, like, like, and even Scott Atkins, like I've and Jason Statham, like they're like, I've just been, I've always heard nothing but good things about them like they say they're cool they're down to earth and they're all about you know being they like to communicate especially with people that are other also up-and-coming martial artists yeah yeah it's yeah it when it when it comes to uh combat sports and martial arts 
you can tell a faker pretty quickly. Like if, if somebody's all about themselves and talking about how great they are, they're probably not a legitimate martial artist. They're probably a bullshit artist, you know? <laughs> um, but I mean, that, that's not always true. That doesn't always hold true. I've met some pretty cocky people in martial arts, but it's always based on like the teacher too. Like the teacher plays yeah. a huge part mm-hmm. in, and like the students they train as well. Like kind of like, well, to quote, Mr. Miyagi, no such thing as a bad, <laughs> no such thing as bad student, only bad teacher. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. No, yeah. I still got to see the sequels, the Karate Kid. Yeah. You wait, you haven't seen all the Karate Kid movies? He has I not. Just, I just saw the original and I just saw it for the first time actually with uh, our buddy here a couple weeks ago, I think. Wasn't it? It was. No, no, no. It was a couple months ago, I think. But so, yeah, go watch the second and third because you're, you're going to need to see those if you end up going out to watch Cobra Kai. The fourth one, which has nothing to do with uh, the LaRusso story, it doesn't really matter. If you want to watch it, it's with Hillary Swank. So, Hillary Skank. Uh, what <laughs> What about uh, the, the remake of Creative Kid? I saw that. Don't. I, I watched it once and I was. Uh, <laughs> Really? Wait, is is it that the good? Jaden Smith one? Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not even, it's it's not even karate. It's kung fu. I can't remember. Well, I, I thought seen I, it, so. I thought I liked it though. It was Jackie Chan too. You can't Jackie, go wrong with Jackie Chan. Well, it was Jackie Chan, but it's Jackie Chan's kung fu, not karate though. Cracky Pan. Yo, come on. Rush Hour Two is the greatest sequel of all time. Don't even get me wrong. I actually can agree on that. <laughs> Rush Hour Two is the greatest sequel of all time, and I haven't even seen the first Rush Hour. I actually haven't. I've only, I think I've, you know, that I mentioned that I think I've seen the second one more than the first and third. I've but seen yeah. the third. I saw the yeah, third. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I ever saw the first one. That first I've seen one, the, you've definitely the, seen the first. Dude, I swear to God, this is going to make no sense, but I've seen the second one at least a hundred times. And that's <laughs> not even a joke. Like I've seen the second one like a hundred times and I've never seen the first one. Well, the Rush Hour movies are like standalone stories. They're not literally yeah. like stories that just pick up after like the same concept. Like it's pretty much a new enemy that they go after. I mean, that second one though must have been like big budget. That must have been like a hundred million dollar movie, probably. And you know, like a lot of the time, Jackie Chan is doing his own stunts. I mean, you see all the scars that he's received and all is that. His, is his son still in prison? Yeah, his son was in prison. Jackie Chan's son is in prison. Yeah, I don't know if he still I is. was not aware of that. Actually, yeah, I don't remember the reason, but yeah. Um. Well, that sucks. <laughs> Baddie Chan. <laughs> so I guess this is a good time to wrap it up. I had a yep. good, good time tonight. Uh, so basically, we're gonna have that best of episode after Donovan's episode. Um, yep. So go, so go follow on what's what's the Instagram for Morning Locker? Uh, yeah. So if you look up. I think it's just at the morning locker. That's what um, I thought. Yeah, I think that wasn't taken. So I don't think I had to do any weird stuff to it. So I'm going to be on that episode. And then the three of us will be back sometime next week to do a final end of the year episode, just discussing best and worst movies, best and worst uh, music albums, and just go over the events that took place this year, things that we did and our goals for 2021 pretty much. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I am. I don't know about you guys. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Sounds like a plan to me. And I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to my Victor Salva marathon tonight. (laughs) (laughs) My mouth is salivating. You're just going to rewatch the first, you know, uh, Jeepers Creepers like four times. I'm just going to go back and watch (laughs) Clown House and just, just think about what happened and just enjoy it. Oh, damn. Just, 
Yeah. Just kidding. I'm never watching that movie. That's that's that put the worst taste in my mouth. Literally. <laughs> Disgusting. Jeez. No, I don't know. I, I can go back. Like I said, I can go back and watch the first and second Jeepers Creepers. But aside from that, yeah, I don't know if I'd be watching any more of that guy. Well, now movie. that I know it was made by a child rapist, you guys kind of ruined the movie for me. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you know what? The cat had to come out of the bag at some point. It's honestly <laughs> worth going back and watching him just because of that reason. Because like I said, there are so many little like innuendos. just for that reason. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I know it's crazy to say that, but the, the amount of innuendos, I mean, Chris can tell you, I mean, there's there's so many innuendos and like especially the second one you mean innuendos that like are like there... you can just tell that the director is a creep like you just watch it and you're like oh, okay. what the so fuck it's not like he, he put it in there like hidden or anything like no all yeah. i'm gonna say all i'm gonna say is now that you know more of the backstory to it you're not gonna watch it the same way ever again well no i can't you know like I'm sorry i'm <laughs> sorry but the light on I'm sorry, but you probably had to find out at some point. Yeah, it's true. It's true. If it wasn't from you guys, it was going to be from somebody. So there was exactly. there's one interview of him on YouTube where he's on like the red carpet of his film. I think it's called Dark House or something. So this was only like eight or nine years ago. But you can just tell by the interview. The dude is totally off. Like he's a creep. Damn, I'm just like, look him up now. How yeah, do you really do? It's just like how this guy got a fucking job in Hollywood to begin with. I don't know. It's just sad. And then you just realize, you know, He's just one person that got caught. I mean, imagine the amount of people that didn't. And the amount oh, yeah. of, I mean, of kids like, out there that just don't say anything. It's fucking horrible, man. I mean, like, look what happened to Corey Haim. Look what happened to all these other, you know, kid actors from, like, that era, like, the 80s and 90s, you know? I don't like, know if we... Did we talk about this last episode with Dan Schneider from freaking iCarly and stuff? The guy that produced, like, iCarly, Drake and Josh, and all those shows, Amanda Show, like, he was a creep. Oh, you, you did bring that up. You did bring that up. Yeah. Was it in the episode? I can't remember. Yeah, it was. And he he's like, he's got like, he's got like a foot fetish and just, he just got real weird and close with them. He wasn't as bad as Victor Salva, I don't think, but no, he probably didn't creepy like, pursue it. anything. He probably didn't pursue anyone like Victor Salva did, obviously, but you know, dude, even the, the foot fetish thing, it's just like, how, how does that happen? How did, <sighs> how does your brain work that way? You're just like, Ooh, feet. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. All right. Well, I think we made the the uh, listeners on more uncomfortable than we needed to. Yeah. So come back for the next episode and we'll show our feet. Yeah. Come back <laughs> for the next episode. All on fetishes. That's it. Oh boy. So I hope everybody has a good week. We'll see you next time. And we out of here. All right. I love you. <laughs>